What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, first off, shout out to Funch for sending this story in the group chat. And it's about a Disney fanatic who's making headlines for entering the Guinness World Record book for his streak of trips to the California-based resort. Huntington Beach native Jeff Wright has officially earned the record title for the most consecutive visits to Disneyland after going to the theme park 2,995 times in a row. The 50-year-old annual pass holder committed to the feat back on January 1st, 2012. And of course, you know, his personal Instagram bio states, January 1st, 2012 to March 13th, 2020 equals 2,995 days of consecutive visits to Disneyland. His daily streak was interrupted due to the coronavirus pandemic when they shut down all the parks and everything on the 14th of March in 2020. So as of yesterday, the Guinness World Record Company awarded him as the longest standing Disneyland guest ever. Wow. So so can I just ask a quick question here? Sure. Does that mean that he broke the record of someone previous that had gone 2,994 straight days, and now he's the all-time record holder at 2,995, and he's done going? My guess, I could be wrong, but my guess is that no one else kept track of it before, or nobody did anywhere near that before. Yeah, I mean, seems kind of strange. And and has anybody been able to contemplate the math on all of this? Like, even if he's an annual card holder or whatever, like how much it costs to go to Disneyland 2,995 straight days, and by the way, not just cost in terms of tickets, but what does this guy do? I mean, has this guy got like anything going on that he that he can two thousand nine hundred ninety five straight days going to Disneyland? Hey, what are well, you doing tomorrow? Going to Disneyland? He he said that it started off as like a, a joke with him and his friends because I guess they were unemployed at the time or they had gotten laid off, and so somebody in their family bought him and his friend or girlfriend annual passes. Like, oh, here, cheer yourself up, go to Disney. And then it just kind of like evolved into this whole thing from there. So at first it was just like, oh, you don't have a job. Here's what you can do. Go to Disney. Like, which is funny that you asked that because it was, you know, who doesn't have fun at Disney? It's like, oh, you know, life sucks. I don't have a job, whatever, but I'm going to go to Disney and it'll be okay. Well, you know what? I'm uh, appreciative that he spends money at Disney. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. I'd like to do a very deep dive interview with this gentleman. Like how long does he go for You can do it on the Cappy cast. It's not a bad call right there. Like, George. how long does he go for each trip? Like, does he go for like 10 minutes or an hour or eight hours or whatever for Maybe each trip? Maybe some trips are only like an hour or two. And then or does he like just go days. for like five minutes and walk back out just to, you know, to keep the street going? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good question, Funchy. Very, very good question. I mean, he, this guy has just turned himself into the Cal Ripken of Disneyland. You know, he's the Iron Man of Disneyland. The AC Green. Yeah. There you go. All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So O'Shea's going to join us in uh, 10 minutes. I do want to get to this Brian Windhorst thing that he put uh, that he put out there on ESPN about the Lakers and LeBron's particular thoughts, or what he thinks are LeBron's thoughts on the offseason. But before that, Cappy, we were talking about Jared Goff and what Mina Kimes and Ryan Clark were saying about him. But at the end of that segment where they were talking about Goff and the Lions and all this stuff in the draft, Ryan Clark was sweating on television because he was doing the show from home and he kept toweling himself. Like, And they asked him, is the AC not working in your house? <laughs> so he explained he had just done a Peloton workout <laughs> and he jumped in the shower and, and he didn't cool off in time before sweating. having to go on television. But he dropped on, he dropped to us who he was working out to. It's a name you're very familiar with. Play it, Funchy. 
It must be extremely warm in Ryan Clark's house right now. He's been toweling himself off every single commercial break and even sometimes in segment. RC, you want to turn the AC on in there? What's going on? <laughs> I had to, I rode the Peloton before we started the show. When I took the shower, I couldn't cool off. Alex Toussaint had me too fired up. Golly, guys. I can't believe you do me like that, Mark. <laughs> My man, Alex Toussaint, club bangers ride. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Come on, big dog. Your guy, Alex Toussaint. Hey, look, just spread that love. Do you. Be free. Have fun. Spread love. Live that Peloton way of life, George. Hold That's on. I've got Toussaint. a four-year-old here somewhere. What do you want, buddy? Turn on the light. Turn on the light? Maybe he Which wants light? to get on the Peloton. This light right here? Okay, hold on a second. Where's mommy? Zingo. She went to play what? Zingo? Yeah. What kind of game? Is that a board game? Oh, Maybe, everyone oh, wins? Really? Everybody gets a medal. Yeah, there you go. All right, hold on a second. I think he wants to get a game. Go ahead. You talk, Cappy, about Alex Toussaint. Well, all I'm going to say is this. I like that Ryan Clark made that admission because the fact is when you get done with an Alex Toussaint class, you need to shower, and then you probably need a good 30 minutes before you can go on TV because you are still dripping sweat, especially if he would have gone into like a 45-minute a hip-hop ride, you know? Yeah. That could have happened also. Let go, so, do so, you, be free, have fun, spread love. That's that way of life. That's that Alex Toussaint way of life. When Ryan Clark comes on the show, we could talk to him about Alex Toussaint. I would love to do that. There you go. Uh, all right, let's get to Brian Windhorst. So I want to play this. This is like two minutes long, okay? Mm -hmm. And Brian, it, they did a good job of editing all this stuff together for the ESPN YouTube, but it's basically Brian talking about I, his feeling as to what LeBron would like to do this offseason, Cappy. And I don't feel like you're going to love it, is what I would say. But they do a great job of splicing in some LeBron and some of the other people he's talking about. It's two minutes, but if you're a Laker fan, you're going to want to hear this because you're either going to have the instant reaction of yes, or you're going to have the instant reaction of oh no. Go ahead, play it, Funchy. Nobody, and I mean nobody, starts free agency in February like LeBron James, usually at All-Star Weekend. Who could forget back in 2019 when almost everybody he drafted on his all-star roster was either a free agent to be or, in the case of Anthony Davis, about to demand a trade to LeBron's Lakers? Well, he was at it again this year in Salt Lake City, making Kyrie Irving a prime piece of his free agent frenzy on All-Star Sunday night. I'm going with the wizard, a.k.a. young guy, Kyrie Irving. Not only did he make sure he was on his roster, he spent a long time after the game praising how wonderful he thinks Kyrie Irving is, even though there was a two or three year period where these two guys couldn't even talk to each other. No, it's always great to team back up with Kyrie. Um, obviously, you guys know how I feel about him, both uh, on the court and off the court. So um, it's always good to see him. You know, very proud of him. Very proud of the man that he's uh, you know, becoming his life right now. But when LeBron is in free agent recruitment mode, all bygones are bygones. And here we already have the stage being set for this summer. Certainly the Mavericks have high hopes for what they're able to accomplish with Kyrie over the next few months. But he is on the record as saying, don't even ask me about my future. I would love to just uh, have a respect of uh, you guys and everybody the rest of the season of just like, continuously asking me that because it just puts unwarranted distractions on us and our team. And I've dealt with it before and it's very emotionally draining to ask questions like, what's the long-term, what's the long-term, what is it? And that is because he wants to leave that Lakers lane open. And LeBron very clearly 
is ready to embrace him. At the end of the day, Kyrie Irving, whether he wants to go to the Lakers or not, needs to apply pressure to the Mavericks to give him the type of contract that he wants. LeBron, at the end of the day, isn't going to be able to choose from 10 or 12 different impact players this summer when the Lakers potentially could have salary cap space. He knows that Kyrie, a player that he's won a championship with, might be as good as he can get. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win championships. Right now, this is just a flirtation of convenience for both of them. But it's absolutely a peek of what these guys might have planned in the back of their minds coming this summer. And something you should keep in mind as both the Lakers and Mavericks go down the stretch of this season. I told you, Cappy. Now Windhorse said it. Now how do you feel? Well, now I feel like I really understand why Anthony Davis has been feeling the way why do you, you think again, he's been feeling. You're, you're, this is just the he's not going to get traded for Anthony Davis though. That's not what the Lakers are going to try to do. I'm just saying that um, I I just feel like you know if if you've been talking so much LeBron and Kyrie LeBron and Kyrie, I'm Anthony Davis and going what, what about me? I thought it was LeBron and AD. Yeah, now it's you LeBron don't think and Kyrie. that the first the first move for the Lakers if they did want to get Kyrie, let's just say for argument's sake, you don't think that the the entire reason um, now they would have to be hard capped in this situation, which would make things difficult. But they've got a guy in D'Angelo Russell who makes a ton of money and is a free agent that they can sign and trade in that scenario. Now, Dallas may not go for it, but it may be the best Dallas can get in that scenario because either that or Kyrie walks for nothing. Okay, I mean, listen, all possibilities. I'm, I'm just saying that I wonder if, if the so much talk about the desire to bring Kyrie can upset a couple of people, one person in particular. That's Why all. would it upset Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis and Kyrie have a good relationship. Because maybe he thinks I won't be here. But I just told you that that's not the what, plan. I understand what you just told me. I'm just saying that I'm wondering if in his mind he's thinking okay. LeBron. Because remember the reports that LeBron's kind of a little. you know, he's kind No, of no. Little, the report was from Colin Cowherd, who does not have real NBA sources. I'm listen, sorry. I'm I love is, Colin Cowherd, fine. the talk show host. Colin Cowherd is not, is not breaking that kind of news. I'm sorry. Okay. If it was the NFL, maybe I would say so. But not. Yeah, I, I'd give him a lot more credence on the NFL. But okay. the, he, those guys could be a little reckless over there, him and Jason McIntyre, who I love both when it comes to the NBA. Yeah, I don't know Jason McIntyre. It doesn't matter to me. All I'm saying is this, is that I just wonder if all this Kyrie talk is like, hey, man, let's, let's focus on us right now. Let's, let's focus on what we got. We'll worry about Kyrie later. You know, that's all. That's all. And listen, you know, you, you say, hey, listen, that's wrong, and, and, you know, that doesn't come into this equation. I had a couple people come up to me last night in the game going, hey, man, I, I'm curious about all this AD stuff too. I know Sedano keeps shutting you down, and he doesn't want you talking about okay, it. Okay, well, but then I'm you go ahead and tell us what it. you think. Go ahead, tell us. I think that Anthony Davis could be a very sensitive guy. And I think Anthony Davis may not love this just the same way Russ didn't love it. You know, I mean, Russ knew he was gone. And, and I just wonder if AD is thinking to himself, maybe I'm next. Maybe he wants Kyrie and he thinks that, me, you know, LeBron and AD's not working. Maybe he thinks LeBron and Kyrie will work. And that's, that's what I so think. So you, you, you think that he's going to get rid of a seven-foot big man who can dominate inside shoot the ball from the outside, can literally do everything you want from that position in the modern NBA to get a six-foot guard? Um, you know, George, I'm really not thinking about whose height and who plays what. I'm thinking about chemistry. 
And LeBron's saying, right, but he's won, won a championship with, with both guys. I understand he has, but he's, but I think yeah. that LeBron could be frustrated with AD's lack of availability. Right, because he's not going to be frustrated with Kyrie's lack of availability. Well, listen, I, don't I think want what LeBron Kyrie. is trying to do is stack the deck. Well, I, I listen. Look, I think LeBron has been trying to set us up about Kyrie since earlier in the season. The day that that LeBron told the media how disappointed he was with them because they didn't cover the Jerry Jones story the way he wanted them to, but they all covered the Kyrie story, that day, to me, LeBron was setting us up for, I'm going to do everything I can to try and get Kyrie. He certainly made it seem like that's what he wanted at the trade deadline, and I agree with Windhorst. He's going to try and get him in free agency. I just don't like it. Well, we know that. I bet AD don't like it. What do you mean you bet AD? You What do you know about AD? I know what I see. <laughs> what did you see? I've seen some really poor body language. I've seen a guy who looks like what? he ain't loving life. What? 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 Are you the dean of BLU? I don't know if I'm the dean, but I got a good set of eyes. Pretty good scout. Do you know what, what BLU is? Um, body language university, perhaps? Yeah. What are you, the dean? The president? What are you, Boney? The athletic director there? No, but I'm a student. Getting my like master's undergrad? degree? No, master's. Like, uh, not getting a master's in BLU. But not even a PhD. No, because I'm getting a master's degree right now. I mean, then, yeah, if you were a PhD, maybe. Really? You're not buying what I'm selling, huh? Not as a master's. Not e- You're not even got your master's. You just got a bachelor's. I'm working on it. Leave me alone. Eh. Talk to me after you get your master's. Maybe I'll think about it. All right. Give it some thought. Yeah. But you know what we can talk to is O'Shea Jackson Jr. is here. Happy birthday, O'Shea Jackson Jr., 32 years old, is that correct? 32 year, years young? Absolutely, man. This is a very uh, very Laker birthday for me. First of all, the 224 for Kobe and Gigi. Then I got the 23 on the end for Braun. And I'm turning 32. Come on now. You see it. For wow, Magic, yeah, you got it all. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. And listen, now, hey, birthday and movie coming out at the same time. Uh, life seems pretty good for you, dude. Yeah, man. Um, you know, hard work paying off. I've never had uh, a film or anything of mine come out on my birthday. You know, I've I've had award shows that I've had to go to on my birthday, but it's it's pretty sweet to to have a release on your birthday. Uh, I am going to be spending the weekend looking at numbers, though, because that is what you do when you're checking box office. No disrespect to Ant Man, but don't go see that. And, uh, yeah, man, check out Cocaine Bear. <laughs> okay, so l- let me ask you this, O'Shea. So you're, uh, someone comes to you, your agent or whoever, somebody approaches you and says, Cocaine Bear. What is your original reaction to that when that comes to you? Oh, take my money. Uh, I'm, I'm there. What, or whatever they need. It, it originally happened through a tweet. I saw that Elizabeth Banks got the rights to Cocaine Bear, and I immediately – thought there's no way they're going to do a movie like this and i retweeted it told them that i was excited as a fan to see it elizabeth banks follows me because i am a superstar uh george sano and uh yeah she saw the tweet uh talked to the higher ups and was like i think we can get shay i went over there uh during free agency and and signed up with the best team in the world Wait a second. When you say you were a fan, a fan of of what? Like, did you know the story of the cocaine bear already? Yeah, just the idea, whether I was a part of the movie or not. My dad always told me to never do a movie you wouldn't go see. And if they... 
I was already been in the seats waiting for Cocaine Bear to premiere. Oh, just on the name. Just on the name alone. On the name. <laughs> alone, bro. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine Bear. I don't know what it's about, but I want to be in it. I, I will be I will, I won't lie. I when I saw when I saw the movie first come up and I didn't know you were in it until I saw the commercial for the first time. Like and I saw it being like like the commercials coming on during NBA games on ESPN, which is owned by Disney, I did get a chuckle out of that. I got to be honest with you. And us doing like promos in game. Watch Cocaine Bear, you know, and we'll be back Dude. in a moment to the NBA on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been weird going on this press tour, having people on the morning news talk about cocaine so openly. It's, uh, it's a little uh, confusing <laughs> when you got Al Roker. Talking about cocaine bear at like eight in the morning, you know it's uh it's been a wild ride. Um, but but I've loved it. I loved every minute of it. Uh, I love the the support that the studio has behind it. They really want people to go out to see it, and it's a it's a fun ride. Uh, I feel like for a while now, audiences have been waiting to have fun at the movies, and you know once again, I'm a Marvel fan, but y'all know how that's going to end. There's a book that came out in the '80s. All right, go see Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear is a is a great ride. Uh, bit gory, but it's got laughs, it's got action, and there's no there's no bathroom breaks. Once you get going, the movie has you, bro. All right. Well, listen, you're right about having fun at the movies because the last two movies I saw in the theater, The Fablemans. I mean, after that thing was over, I just like sat in my room for five days crying. And then uh, and then the last one was oh, that yeah. Life of Otto guy, dude. That was just horrible, also. So I, I, you know, maybe I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna blow off eighty for Brady this weekend and go see the Cocaine Bear. That's that's what I'm talking about, Kaplan. That's what we like to hear here at seven ten, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Nice. Did, did you always did you did you want to start acting like once your dad went from like music to movies? You're a little kid at that point. Like, how old are you? I don't even know. Like, um, I don't know, like. Uh, in the early movies, like Boys in the Hood, like, are you even born during that movie? Uh, Boys in the Hood, I was actually just born. Um, I, he was filming it in 1990. It came out in 1991. So I was born right when uh, that side of his career took off. And I've always been on sets, whether it be music videos, whether it be uh, movies. Uh, I feel comfortable on sets, but I had no aspirations to act. I was going to USC for screenwriting. I wanted to be on the other end of the camera, um, I, I always believed in being rich and not famous. But what what happened in the middle of my second year with Straight Outta Compton, uh, it kind of was an opportunity to represent my family's history that I couldn't let anybody else do. And uh, I convinced my dad to let me leave school, and I auditioned for two years uh, before I got my role for Straight Outta Compton, and. You know, during those two years, if you leave in the middle of your second year of college, I'm watching all my friends graduate on Instagram. And it, it was a feeling of, dude, we have to make this work or I'll forever feel like an idiot. You know, it was a, it was a lot of, of, of fear of failing. I had no plan B. So I, I made sure that I gave acting everything that I could, every moment that I can, uh, because I got to make it work. And luckily, uh, uh, I've been blessed to be able to work with a lot of titans in the industry. I've been able to work with a lot of great franchises from Godzilla to Star Wars. And, you know, 
I'm thankful to be back in the Universal Studio circle. It's uh, it's been a, a a great career. I got a, a pretty nice batting average right now. Now, when you had that conversation with pops and mom, like what what was that like? I remember my dad's words exactly. You better make it work. <laughs> so like that has been in the back of my head forever. And uh, when I was about seventeen, I had a teacher give me a quote. Uh, on a notebook when I when I first got into writing, and it said, "Go confidently in the direction of your dreams and live the life that you've imagined." It's a quote by Henry David Thoreau, and I've held on to that every single day. And you know, when it, when it comes when you mix that up with uh, you know with having the best coach in the world with my father, and you know being a student of Kobe Bryant, failure is not an option, bro. Yeah. That's exactly right. And by the way, I'm into transcendentalism myself, so if you ever want to get together and like do a reading or something, we could read some Thoreau. You know what I'm saying? Scott, 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 what the hell are you talking about, bro? You know, the what are you saying to me right now? You know, era of, of writing and you know, the way these guys wrote and you know, the messages that they sent and everything and the inspiration that you just provided me. I mean, I liked it. That's all. Henry David Thoreau, I'm a fan. That's all. You Thank me? you, Cap. I appreciate that. I thought you was trying to thought you was trying to mess with me, bro. No hell no, to the I no. get I get angsty on Twitter. No, no, no. <laughs> Although he George, was about to fire off a, a meme on you. There's, that was going to happen there. But, but George, but George the other day put me on the spot. He goes, "Hey, he goes, you know, uh, O'Shea is standing here and Dad is standing right next to him. You walk up to the two of them. Who do you want to hug it out with first? And I'm like, "Hey, listen, I'm a I'm an old school Cube fan. You know what I'm saying? So." You know, when I get a chance to meet your dad, I'm going to have to ask him to bring it in if you don't mind. Do you think dad will bring it in? I don't feel like dad's a bring it in kind of guy. Let me tell you, bro, you will get the sharpest James Worthy elbow to the chest <laughs> that you have ever had. Why? If you go in for us. Why? We don't know you. Just start with me, bro. Just start with me. Yeah. I'll ease you into it. But, bro, he will box you out like game seven. Right. Relax. Uh, Relax, Scott. Because <laughs> I want to talk about that scene in Friday where Bernie Mac comes up to this, you know, to the the porch. That's like one of my favorite scenes from Friday. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's man, that's a classic, dude. Recipes, Bernie Mac. Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, so Shay, before we get you out of here, um, three and one for this new squad with the Lakers. We know that you got to be excited. Obviously, you mentioned all the Laker ties. Everyone knows you're the biggest Laker fan that we know around here. So, how are you feeling? Like, I think they get if they get in. If is still a question. Um, I think they can make some noise, but you know, I, it, it's, I, you know, Malik Beasley out here talking about like winning a championship. I don't know if I can go that far just yet, considering they just got together. What do you think? Lakers in five. Oh, come on. That's what I think. Bro. You're already yeah, there. Like, Lakers in five. Yeah. They haven't even played five Lakers games. In damn five, it. Baby. Yeah. We're not even in the playoffs. <laughs> Lakers in five. Tell baby. Ridiculous. Tell you em. will never, you will never in your life hear me say anything otherwise than success for the Lakers. I know it looked bad, but we don't have the same team anymore. And those boys look real good for my birthday last night. So let me tell you, bro, the Lakers are focused. Uh, of course, the injury bug is trying to tease us with this little D-low ankle situation. But I'm loving, I'm loving the new excitement. I believe it's a shakeup at the right time. And if they let me sniff the playoffs, George Sedano, Lakers in five. Tell him, tell him, preach. I mean, this is a winner's mentality. I keep trying to explain this to Sedano. He ain't buying it. Him and all the, the Zach whoever's and whatever these guys, every NBA analyst, let me see it. 
I've already seen what I need to see. Malik Beasley, that's the guy. Like That's the guy who I didn't realize was going to be that good. I mean, now we got a laser on this team, and it all looks different. So I'm with you, man. Well, I'm very funny optimistic. Thing about Malik, Malik Beasley, his father actually uh, – he's actually on the cast of Swagger, Michael Beasley. So I, mm-hmm. I, I know I know the Beasleys a little bit, bro. I, I, got, a lot, I got a lot of passion behind these new-look Lakers. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm ready to get to chirping on Twitter, bro. Yeah, Michael Beasley, not to be confused with the Michael Beasley who played at Kansas State and played for the Lakers a number of years ago, just for anyone who just tuned in and Trust just got me, really I was confused. Just, there. I was just as confused. I was just as confused <laughs> when I read it on the call sheet and then just as surprised. Yes, I know. <laughs> you were like, wait, it's not be easy? What are we talking about here? Um, yeah, all right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Shay, before we let you go, um, you know, you sent this to me and you told me I could tell Cap on the air, which I did that day, that you called him a blank document. Now that you've actually chatted with him, oh. is he still a blank document? I mean, absolutely. You know, my man Cap, my man Cap, his title will not be taken away from him. He is the heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. Damn you right. know, John Ireland used to be, but he is nothing like my man Scott Cap, bro. You, you, you got a little seasoning. You funny. But you my you my untitled document, bro. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry, Cap. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Hey, I ain't got nothing but love in my heart for you, bro. Okay? Feel me on that. Right, bro. You know? There's that there's that seasoning. That's like paprika though. That's not like that's not like a lot of seasoning. Just a little paprika there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I know. But John John be on the the team playing. John got a lot of you got his flavor be coming out in them live broadcasts. Okay. Scott, yeah, you got the title right now. Didn't brother. you hear the story I told the other day of the quarterback from Detroit that taught me how to roll doobies oh when I was my. in college? Dude, the fact that you say doobies, oh my, <laughs> oh man, you making me car sick, bro. <laughs> Shay, ghost, congratulations on the movie, and of yeah, course we, know, you know, we love you. All the success. Cocaine Bear, go see it this weekend, and go ahead, give them Lakers and what? Lakers in five. And Laker fans, if we don't win the chip, as long as it's not the Celtics, the Suns, or the Clippers, that's a win for us, baby. Go Lakers. All right, happy birthday, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, man. Later on, dog. Uh, All right, there he is, O'Shea. Go see Cocaine Bear. Yeah, because you know Still an untitled, it was untitled document. That's right, not blank document. You know, Rachel said to me that she wants to go see eighty for Brady this weekend. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna have to try and convince her that we got to go see Cocaine Bear. Yeah, now she, does she like the gory stuff? She doesn't like violence, you know. Mm. Well, Cocaine Bear probably not up her alley. Then it was my guess. I mean, does the bear tear people up or what? I, he literally just told you it was gory. What did you think it meant? I don't know. He kind of was like, hey, you know, you're, you're on the ride. Once you're on the ride, there ain't no bathroom breaks, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he said gory. What does gory no, mean but to what you? But was, what was that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where he's fighting a bear? What's that one called? Uh, the Re- Re- Revelant? Revenant? Revenant. Yeah, that was hard to watch. I mean, that was tough. Well, this will probably be a funnier version of that is what I would say. Cocaine bear. Yeah. Um, All right. We love O'Shea. And you know, I love Abe from Fullerton Ford. Honest Abe, as Cappy likes to. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks, Christopher. Come you on, Lindsay, I, do it. Do some Ric Flair. Come on. I can't do it. I can't, like, do the, I can just, like, woo, I can't get my voice that high. But how oh, about, man, woo, fire the how about, like, you talking to the Rolex wearing? The Rolex wearing. Yeah. Diamond ring wearing. Right. Kiss stealing. Woo. Wheeling dealing. Yeah. Limousine running. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down. It's true. Why well, don't I do it when you're doing it, Cappy? That's what you're here for, right? Hear you back there hollering my name. Pfft. Come on. He's got some great gifs. Great Ric Flair gifs out there. Love Ric Flair. Good guy. Good Good to see that he's uh, alive and well because he had a little scare there a couple of years ago. Amen so. to that, sister. All right. So Netflix announced on Wednesday that it plans to release a docuseries this summer that details the everyday life of an NFL quarterback. The show is titled Quarterback, which is, you know, really uh, it tells you what it's catchy. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it will allow fans to see through the lens of quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, who for the first time ever are mic'd up for every single game. So from the beginning of this past season all the way to the end, the cameras will follow they, – they did follow the starting quarterbacks from inside the huddle with their teammates to inside the home with their families. So we've seen hard knocks. We've seen like every documentary on you know legendary quarterbacks of the past. So – does this sound like different or interesting enough for you to want to watch it? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano. It's Mahomes, Mariota, and who? Kirk Cousins. Yes. No, I'm good, bro. Like, maybe I watched the Patrick Mahomes thing for a little bit, but I got to watch all three of those dudes? No, man, I'm good. Thanks. Swipe left. Oh, I'm swiping right in a huge way. Oh, I'm mean, not for, shocked. First of all, you got Patrick Mahomes, who we all know winds up winning the Super Bowl. So, they got really lucky with that one, even though that's why they probably chose Patrick Mahomes. Then you got a guy in Kirk Cousins who has always been like a stat machine but never really a big winner, and he's got a new head coach, and that's kind of an interesting storyline. And then the last one, Marcus Mariota, um, he got benched during this. And, and check me, he may have even like left the team for a while. I'm trying to remember the storyline this year. Yeah, I think he did. He just like left the team. He was just like, yeah, bye. I'm, like, I'm leaving. Yeah, so think about the difference there. You got the Super Bowl winning quarterback that everybody knows and loves. 
You got a middle-of-the-road guy who can put up numbers but can't win, and then you get a guy who's finally getting another chance, and then he winds up getting benched and leaves. Listen, George, you ever watch that show? What's the name of that show about F1? Um, Drive to Survive, does that sound right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, do you watch that at all? I don't, but I know the show. Okay, so you know how many people have become F1 fans because of that show, not because of actual F1 racing? Then yeah, a lot of people. A, then there's another one. Lindsay, you may know what it's called. It's another one about the PGA Tour. And, and so they're doing these really... Yeah, the golf in- one just came out. What is that one called? I don't remember what it's called. I haven't seen it yet, but people are talking about that one too. You're going to give me NFL quarterbacks and all access to, to NFL quarterbacks' real lives? Oh, but bro, is it I'm really all access or is it just sanitized? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Right. Well, that's my point. It's produced by NFL Network, so my guess is it's no different than all the other stuff that they put out. Right, that's, which is pretty sanitized. Reason, right. Yeah. That's the reason why I feel like it has potential theoretically to be really good, but I feel like, you know, not to NFL Network. Obviously, they're owned by the league, so like they're the, the league's media component, so they have to play it safe. But it's all so like it's the same thing over and over again. I don't know. I'm listen. I'm I'm curious. I'll say that I would be willing to watch. Okay. Well, you can tell us how it is, Cappy, okay. and then I'll decide yeah, if you I'm can. Watch you it. can tell you us. say it's on Netflix. Yes. Right. Yes. You right. you, re, you can report on that, Cappy. Thank yeah, you. If it, Thank if you. you. Think Intrepid it's reporter Scott Kaplan. If they if, were going to do an NBA version with three guys, who would it three just guys depends be? on who the guys were. Like I just told you, I would watch the Mahomes stuff, but not the other two. I have zero interest in the other two. Let me see, I think the other two might even be more interesting. Yeah. But I'm curious. I mean, you got the Super Bowl winning quarterback. All right, I'll check it out. Let me, let me. You know, hey, listen. The good news is it gives me a reason to go on to Netflix. I was just about to cancel my subscription. I mean, I don't ever ever use it. There you go. All right. All right. Next one. So the Dodgers, of course, were relatively quiet this offseason outside of one notable addition to their coaching staff. The team hired J.T. Watkins who was employed by the Boston Red Sox during the team's controversial 2018 season. Watkins, a former Red Sox video replay coordinator, was suspended for the 2020 season for his role in illegal sign stealing. So do you guys have an issue with the Dodgers hiring one of the people that were involved in the 2018 cheating scandal? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy? Uh, Swiping left. No, I have no problem with it at all. You'll remember they have this other guy that was on that team, He's all right. I mean, he's only okay, but he plays right field, maybe a little second base. They went out and got Mookie Betts. Right. So I don't know. It's like, who cares? Yeah. They got (laughs) listen. If if they can make their team better by going out and getting guys that have uh, interesting ways of trying to find little ways to win, do what you got to do. Especially for the Dodgers. I would also swipe left for not just for what Cappy said, but ultimately everybody in baseball cheats. It's literally a game where everyone tries to cheat all the time. Like, it's been that since day one. So, like, why is this any different? And who cares, honestly? Because everyone was clearly trying to do this. Yeah, and there was all those, you know, rumblings, whatever, about the, the Dodgers, too. Like like you said, everyone was doing it. They're just the ones who were dumb enough to get caught. Right. But- the Astros were went way too far, and the Red Sox went way too far. By the way, the Yankees were also involved, too. So, yep. I mean, there was a lot of teams involved. I just feel like a lot of Dodgers fans were like, oh, no, you know, the same people that didn't right. want them to... And, by the guys. way, Beto and Whittier put points is out. They also have J.D. Martinez from that team. Oh, yeah. And he's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Beto and Whittier. Well, Mookie. I mean, Mookie was on that team, wasn't he? Well, right. That's what Cappy just said. Weren't yeah. you listening? Yeah. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm pulling, pulling a Cappy here. All right. What's next? 
All right, so last one here. Jake Paul is set to face off against Tommy Fury this Sunday, and the fight is in Saudi Arabia, so it airs at 11 a.m. Pacific time on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Okay. So, since this is ESPN here, make sure you uh, check that out and buy that. Yeah. And don't, I'm not. Don't steal it or, 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 you know. Yeah, you can buy it. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people will buy it. I'm just not interested. Well, this will be... Jake Paul's seventh professional fight and the yeah. first one against like a real actual boxer. He's six and all with four knockouts. His victories include one over a fellow YouTuber, Ali Eason Gibb, a former NBA star, Nate Robinson, and three retired MMA fighters, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, twice, and Anderson Silva. So my question for you guys is, can Jake Paul fight? What do you think? I don't know. We're about to find out if he can really, really fight. So. Why? Because this this guy Fury. I mean, does he have a real reputation, or is he just the brother of Tyson Fury? Yeah, but he's actually had some real boxing matches. Yeah, he's the first actual like guy who's actually considered a professional boxer. And do we know what his record is? Or I think it's seven and zero or eight and zero. Yeah, I'm taking Jake Paul. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I'm I don't know if I'm going to like if I'm going to take the time to like buy it, but because I feel not like at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be all over, you know, social media and everything. But I'm very curious to see what happens. God, I hope he wins. I hope Jake Paul wins. Really? Yeah. I feel like everyone's rooting against him. That's why I'm rooting for him. They just want him to go away. Yeah, yeah I'm rooting uh, for him because of because George doesn't want him to be good because because people don't like this. You know, he's a YouTube. No, star. no, I, I disagree. I, I, it's not. I, 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 I like what he's done for MMA fighters, where he has elevated them to the point where they can make more money than they do in the UFC. I have zero problem with that. I've actually said, I actually saw him at a Laker game last season and said that to him, walked right up to him and told him. Man, um, man, let me tell you something. I appreciate what you're doing for MMA fighters. Yeah, I did. I said that to him. And mm -hmm. then what I would add, though, is that it's just not, I don't, this, you know, if he wins this, maybe I'll take it, I'll take it more seriously, but you know, like, I just don't love the celebrity boxing thing. Like, it's just not my thing. If I'm going to spend my hard-earned money, if I mean, now it's not, but it was previous. He was fighting MMA guys who've never boxed in their life. Right, but they are pro fighters. No, but it's not the same discipline, man. Come on. That's not the same. That's like literally saying, a, you know, Michael Jordan should have been able to be good at baseball. Like, it's just two different disciplines. No, but I mean, I just feel like this guy's not a pro fighter or hasn't been a pro fighter. And even though you're an MMA fighter and maybe, you know, you're more of a... Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, um, you're still standing up and you're still throwing punches. No, and this no, is a guy. no. You could not be more wrong about that. Oh, like, really? I'm telling you, like, Jake Paul, you're, you can't. You could not be. Could not be J possible? Can't, Jake, can't be more wrong. Jake Paul has been training to be a boxer. Right, These so other then. guys are training completely multiple disciplines to be able to be MMA fighters, not just stand up, right? Like it's the, as a matter of fact, it's it's very little of what most of those guys have done in their career. Well, let me ask you this question, you ready? Uh Jake Paul goes out to a bar, he runs runs into Anderson Silva. They get into a fight in a bar. Who you taking? I mean, I don't know. It just did, did, can they grab a bottle? Like, I, there's a, in a street fight. Yeah, there's a, street a million fight. variables. Okay, you know well, what I'm what saying? I'm, what I'm saying is, though, is that like some guys have fighting in them, and some guys don't. And I would not have expected Jake Paul to be even remotely decent. But he's in good shape. He looks good. Um, he's won all these fights. Yeah, and he's okay. trained. He's trained so, to be a boxer. Right. So now let's find out because I th I'm rooting for him. I think it's great. Yeah, I love I, it. I'm not even going to watch it. I'm not even literally going to pay attention to it. So, again, you can report on that, too, and Trevor nope, reporters. I'm not going to watch it because I'm not going to pay for it, and I'm not going to do it at 11 o'clock well, on Sunday Well, wait a second. Morning. Are you what? serious? That's right. I'm serious. After I'm, all this, you're not even going to watch it? That's right. I'm going to see all the highlights on Twitter. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm going to do the same thing, Kathy. Going to go see 80 for Brady, George. No, I, you know, if I'm going to spend my hard-earned money, I'm going to do it on John Jones and Surreal Gun in the following week. So I'm going to do that. Well, I plan on watching that as well, but I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah, you're not paying for it either, right? You're going to make Rachel pay for it. Go to somebody's house to watch it. Right, yeah. Uh, All right, that is uh, Radio Tinder each and every day, approximately at 5.30 at Jason. Brought to you by friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small-batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com. Up your game and demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Coming up next, Blake Harris, our baseball Dodger insider. Spring training started today, and oh boy, did a couple of guys make history, including Cappy's gutty little Padres and Manny Machado. We'll get to all that with Blake, plus the Dodgers next. Come on, Cappy, this is your jam right here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Goes up and down, up and down, up and down like a robot. Jesse's girl! No, I that Jesse's girl! Where can I find a woman like that? Play along with the charade. There doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know I feel so dirty when they start talking cute, and I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Nice. Very nice. With those eyes, and she's loving him with that body, I just know it. And he's holding her arms late at night. You know I wish I had Jesse's girl. (laughs) You really hit that note nicely. Not really. Uh, Blake, is he there? What up, guys? Blake Harris. What's up, Block? Block. How we doing? We're good. (laughs) Um, So, Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter. He's our baseball Dodger insider here on the show, at Blake H. Harris on Twitter. Inside the Ravine is the podcast, and of course, subscribe to his Substack. Uh, even though Cappy doesn't, and subscribes to the Athletic for some reason, not his Substack, who actually appears in our show every week. But whatever. Um, Blake, 
I want to get to, there's Dodger stuff to get into, obviously. But the big story today is all the rule changes that we discussed the last time you were on and how it was going to be a bleep show. Uh, Jason Stark had reported that in The Athletic, which Cappy read because he actually subscribes to that. But this thing today with Manny Machado, like making history is kind of funny. Like these umpires aren't screwing around with this stuff. And I'm kind of glad that they're not. The fact that Manny Machado was the first one to get a penalty for taking too long in the box, it's actually pretty fitting. Like, if there were betting odds, I actually would have put money for him to be the favorite. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I know there were a couple games today, but I'm glad the umpires are enforcing it because everyone's like, well, why should he get the strike? But if umpires weren't enforcing it, guys would still be taking their time. And I think Jeff Passan tweeted that both games today – we're both like two and a half hours, so very, very limited sample size. But uh, it's clearly working, clearly helping out. Hopefully no more of those uh, three-and-a-half to four-hour nine-inning games. Right, right. Hey, listen, I mean, we saw what happened to you last year at Union Station when there was a four-hour game. I mean, when you decided to drink a beer for oh, every home boy. run, it hit like 12 yeah. in that game. But, you know, what's interesting about Manny Machado saying this is that he said something to the effect of, you know, we, the older players, the guys who are established guys, and this is the direct quote, We've earned the right to be who we are. Um, some of us older players, we don't like change too much. It's like, are you serious, dude? Like, all of Major League Baseball made rule changes to make the game better, or at least that's what they hope. And because you've been playing for 10 years, you think, oh, I don't have to participate. I mean, just sometimes he says things that just annoy me so much. But uh, don't get too annoyed, Dodger fans, because you've probably already seen the reports, Blake, that – the Dodgers could be a favorite to get Manny Machado because he's already said he's opting out of his contract. What do you think about that? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'd be on board with it. I, I yep. think the Dodgers, if they get Manny Machado, it would be a great fit. Now, obviously, there's bad blood, which is kind of weird because Manny Machado had like one of the greatest goodbye posts I've ever seen a Dodgers player do, and he only played for a couple months. I know a lot of people are upset about the whole hustle thing. I do think that was blown a little bit out of proportion. And obviously there was that video of him saying, I'll give you my contract if the uh, Dodgers owner will say for the Padres, that apparently Dodger fans are still holding him to. I get it. There's bad blood there. But at the end of the day, this guy is still a top 10 to 15 player in all of baseball. He would make the Dodgers insanely better. So if the uh, Dodgers strike out on Shohei Otani next winter, I think Manny Machado would be a very, very good backup option. I know a lot of Dodgers fans probably don't want to hear that just yet. Well, and that's my point. That was the the point. Yeah, that was the point I was going to bring up, Blake, which was Shohei Otani is going to be everybody's target, but certainly the Dodgers. There is no question that this seems as obvious as obvious can be because he's going to be able to fill two positions at a premium level, right? Like, basically, he's a frontline starter – and a middle-of-the-order hitter, and he's going to be able to command the salary we've never seen, and the Dodgers are probably one of the few teams that actually can meet that salary. Yeah, I mean, if I were to guess, there's probably only three to four teams that are even going to be able to give him what he wants. Now, obviously, at the end of the day, it's a matter of Shohei Otani. Does he want to stay on the West Coast? Because if he wants to stay on the West Coast, the Dodgers, maybe the Angels, maybe the Mariners, they could give him 400 to $500 million. I think I've said this before, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Mets offer him $600 million just because they uh, don't know what money is over there. They don't know what taxes or any of that kind of stuff are. So, yeah, I think Shohei, whatever you know, the Dodgers want to offer, 
he's more than worthy of getting that contract, assuming he's able to stay healthy this year. If he deals with a couple injuries, I might be a little hesitant, but if Shohei's able to uh, play you know, 130, 140 games, yeah, you, you hit it. He's essentially Mookie Betts at the plate, and he's Sandy Alcantara on the mound, and you're getting that guy for the price of one, which would be incredible. Hey Blake, I was reading an article today that with Justin Turner having moved on now, um, the question is, who is the leader? Who's the guy? You know, and I, not necessarily the best player or the highest paid player, but who's the leader in the Dodger clubhouse? We're obviously early in the spring training, but could you pinpoint a couple? What do you think? Well, I mean, over the past year, it seemed like, you know, outside of Justin Turner, kind of the unofficial leader in the clubhouse was surprisingly Austin Barnes. I mean, there was a point last season where they were making T-shirts for everyone on the team pretty much saying that he's the captain. He's the captain of the team. So I don't know if that was just one big inside joke or if Austin Barnes is actually a bigger leader than a lot of us are expecting. But probably the guys like Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, they're probably the guys that you know a lot of the teammates look up to. But they've kind of come out this spring and said, you know, listen, we don't want to be the forced leaders of the clubhouse. Obviously, that was Justin Turner's role. If guys come to us with questions, we'll help them out. But we don't want to be kind of those forced guys that everyone should have to rely on. So, yeah, I don't think this season, like in years past, there's going to be kind of like a go-to guy, someone that probably gathers everyone around the clubhouse and gives like an inspirational speech, which I kind of like. I, I kind of like having a bunch of different guys that are kind of leaders for the Dodgers as opposed to one. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be a little interesting not having a guy like Justin Turner who's been there for a decade, whose voice is so impactful, not in that clubhouse anymore. Yeah, I saw Justin the other day. I actually ran into him uh, at an event. And, uh, yeah, it's it just weird. It was weird, like, hearing him say, yeah, I got to go to Florida. I'm like, what? No. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're going to Florida now, actually. That's how that works. Actually, um, you know, it's funny you say it at an event. Didn't we, did we just get an email from somebody that was telling us that his wife is about to run the L.A. Marathon, like, again, and they wanted to bring her on the show? Did you get that email? I did not get that. All right. Email. Well, I guess I did. Why do they send yeah. it to me? Why don't they send it to you? I don't know. I'm going to give them your email. Yeah, no. It's okay. Um, but anyway, uh, Blake, which is the rule the new, of all the new rules? There's going to be a bunch of them. The shift or whatever, the runner on second, the, the pitch clock. Which is the one you like the most and which is the one you dislike the most before we let you go? I like, I like the shift being banned. I mean, I've been against the shift for so many years. I hate that you got Manny Machado playing out there in right field. I hate that you have your entire infield on one side. I think going back to routine baseball, just like how you played it in Little League, I think it's going to bring a lot more offense to the game of baseball, which is obviously you know an added bonus. Everyone wants to see more hits and runs. And Although I am in favor of the pitch clock, I, I do think it's going to help speed up the game. I do think there's going to be a lot of issues this year in the first year with a lot of players that just aren't used to it. Like we saw today. I I don't like how you get an automatic ball or strike. You know, I I get, they want to speed things up, but I just think it might be kind of a nightmare, at least for the first few months. So I get it. It's going to help the game in the long run, but I think it's just going to be a, a bleak show for the first few weeks (laughs) of the season. Yeah. Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter at Blake H Harris is how you follow him on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to his Substack. The man's doing the Lord's work there when it comes to the Dodgers and Major League Baseball and his podcast, Inside the Ravine. All right, pal, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Hey, you guys have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully you're staying indoors a lot and not having to deal with this, uh, this rain over the next few days. That's right. You too, pal. So he's uh, doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Maybe you should get him some of the, uh, what do you call the the the, uh, the tequila mandala? You call it the... The nectar of the gods. Right. So if he's doing the Lord's work, maybe he should drink some of the nectar of the god. I I can perhaps make that happen.
Just a thought. Yeah. I'll just use the bottle that was going to be used for you next time and just pass it to him. I thought Ramona took it. Yeah. Well, no, new bottle. You know, eventually oh. will be a new bottle. So, yeah. Hey, coming up next, Cappy, there's a Laker who believes that they are championship worthy. We'll tell you who in just a second. Stick around. We're back in two minutes.